0: From Mississippi to Massachusetts and everywhere in between, here's your host, Hiki.
1: Hello! Hello, villagers! Hello, hello! Happy Tuesday, y'all! I'm so happy that you're here with me. I'm having such a good week already. How is your Tuesday going? Have you stopped to check in with yourself? How are you feeling? If you're feeling a little stressed or feeling some tension, where are you feeling that? Check in with your body. Give it the time that it deserves. If you need to sleep in a different position, then you need to do that. If you need to look into a new pillow and investing some money into a new pillow, you need to do that. If you need to stop eating something because it's hurting your stomach, you need to do that. Check in with yourself and see how your body is doing. Otherwise, I hope that you are having a rad Tuesday. I'm super stoked for this week. I have two big secrets coming up. I think I'll be able to tell you soon. Ugh! I love secrets so much, but then they're like actually painful for me to keep. I do them all the time. I surprise Nicholas all the time. One time I took him rock climbing up waterfalls. That was super fun. And then one time I took him to Six Flags and all of his friends were there. All of our friends were there. And we did that for his birthday. Yeah. Cool gifts. I love surprises, but... They also pay me to keep them because they're so good. Oh, I just want you in on the secret as well. So stay tuned for that. The best way to get that information is to sign up for my email list. So I promise not to spam you with emails. We are currently redoing the way that we send emails each week. We are going to condense it down to one email so that you get all of the information And this will be on there. So obviously my email people get it. Well, you get it second. You don't get it first. Unfortunately, my current and past clients get it first. They are the insiders. They get to know everything way before it happens. Actually, a lot of times they have input in what what it develops into. A lot of these ideas I'll present to them, and they have so much influence in how it plays out. Ah. I love the village, cool. So get on the second tier, it's free. You can get on the email list and learn about all of this stuff as soon as it hits. But two big secrets, I'm really excited. I have a meeting coming up and whoo, take a deep breath with me because I need it. Send me some good vibes, I'm super stoked. So we also have three opportunities for you to get into our village, two of those are free. One is time sensitive. This week, so if you're listening to this on Tuesday, when it comes out this week on Wednesday and Thursday, so tomorrow and Thursday, we are having virtual mom meetups. You don't have to leave your house. You don't even have to get, I mean, get dressed, please, but you don't have to get dressed nice. There's no need for makeup, no need to even take your hair down or put your hair up, no matter whatever you look like, you can log on, right? Wherever you are, we'll be meeting at a specific time, one night. And we'll be meeting at a different time the other night to try and accommodate everybody. So make yourself a priority and try and accommodate those two options. Makes sense to me wall cool. not so time sensitive but still yes there's a clock to it the five-day challenge so on the 21st and the 25th of january or 21st through the 25th we will be doing a five-day challenge it's also free you just need to be signed up for the email so i mean there's two reasons right there to sign up for the email i don't know why you wouldn't do it so cool i'll drop that link in the show notes finally Not free, but not expensive when you think about everything that comes with it. And if you think about your worth, it makes you question how you could question spending so little on your mindset, on your mental health, on just your community, your well-being, the way that you overall feel and look at yourself as a mom it just makes you question things. It makes you question how you have fallen so low on your own totem pole. I get you. Here's a chance to say, you know what? I am actually worth this. I am worth the money. I'm worth the investment. I'm worth having someone look over my children. I am worth asking to take this time to replenish myself so that I can give to the people in my life at 100% because I don't get to charge my battery to 100% ever is what it feels like. So I'm gonna take this opportunity, I'm gonna do it, and then you guys will be able to see how much better I show up for you. That is in February, the 23rd and the 24th. It is in Boston. Get your tails to this retreat. It is gonna be so good. I've hand-picked the people that have innovative approaches, and y'all know I like outside the box, challenging what's there if it isn't working, creative solutions. I mean, hell, it's how TBH was born. (laughs) I love that sentence every single time I say it. Yes, but it is. That's how TBH came about outside of the box thinking, being able to look at this and say, there are broken pieces to this and I I, I don't see that they're being fixed, so I'm going to create something. It doesn't have to be done the way that it's always been done because guess what? We're not getting all of the things that we need to be getting. Do this for yourself. Show up for the retreat. I have a professional comment about balance and helping you find balance and what that looks like for you. It's going to look different for everyone. So you can't be listening to other people about what their balance looks like or how you can find it. But Sarah Bivens is going to be coming to, to help you understand what balance might look like and how you can shift pieces to find balance. But it's going to look different because your pieces to your puzzle are like a snowflake. They will never Be like anybody else's. You'll have similar pieces, of course. That's good because you can learn from other people, but it's dangerous too because you might find yourself in the wrong puzzle. Stay in your own lane and stay in your own puzzle. Come listen to what Sarah has to say. And boom, you got balance, baby. Another person that we're going to be talking to is Kristen Thomas. And she's going to be talking all about Gut health and what that has to do with your anxiety. I'm going to be helping you understand how to bring home your baby, how to prepare for that, how to stay in control of your mindset, how to do mindset stuff in motherhood when you have .02 seconds to yourself every day. And gratefully, you love those 0.2 seconds. They may be all you get, but you will take what you get. I'm over that. And I feel like you should be over it, too. So I'm going to help you get there if if you heard this and was like, yeah, I actually am over it, too. I'm grateful, but I am over it. If there's something better, and there is, come to our retreat. Finally, if you are an expectant mama, day one is for you. Day two is for you, too. But day one, we will be doing a pushing workshop with... Kate Woodard, who is going to teach you how to push with your body, not against your body. She's going to help you learn how to push with the muscles that were actually intended for pushing, rather than take the biggest poop of your life. That. Just makes me want to stop the whole room. I wish I had one of those. You know the movie? What's the movie where Adam Sandler has the remote and he's able to like pause? Is it click? It's called click. Well, I wish I had a remote control that I could pause this and rewind it and never tell anyone to ever try and push their baby out like they're taking a poop because one, you're using anal muscles and one, you're using vaginal muscles. And they're different kind of like telling someone to use their arms when they should be using their legs. They do very similar things, but they are different. Ugh, off the soapbox. Kind of mic drop, but someone catches it. <laughs> Alright guys, this is the perfect segue into today's episode. You're listening to episode number 91 of the Tranquility Tribe podcast. Are you disrupting your hormones without even realizing it? Rewind to where I said Kristen Thomas was coming to the retreat as speaking on gut health and anxiety. Well, she's also the guest for today. I am, over the next three weeks, going to be presenting people who are going to be talking to us at the retreat and I'm so stoked to have Kristen join us today. Not only is she a highly trained functional health practitioner, but she's also lived through several other health challenges and has reversed her own ulcerative colitis. She's the founder of Thrive by Food, and she helps clients determine what lab tests will best illuminate why they feel sick and what actions to take better. Now, this may feel like you've heard it before. But I'm telling you, after one conversation with Kristen, you will be walking away being like, what the heck did I just experience? Also, I need to hear more about what she has to say. So Kristen has her hands on all of these funky little tests, these little labs that you can take home and you put some sort of bodily fluid on it. So saliva, urine, sometimes, yes, your poop. Um, And then you send it off and the results come back and Kristen can help you understand what these results mean. And then she can help you understand your options of where you can go to get back to what's normal, or what we expect humans to kind of have, whether that is, you know, leaky gut, or balancing your hormones, or thyroid conditions, or digestive issues, anything like that. It's very fascinating. I'm so excited to have her on the show because I think that a lot of people have these conditions and then they get tested for something, and it is not that, and in reality, It's actually your hormones and I think that we might do a lot more damage than we think slash we're doing damage and we're trying to do good. It's really scary. Oh, it is so, so, so scary. So let's get this show on the road. Kristen is the gal I can do all my poop talk with. I'm super stoked to have her on the show. Let's get started Kristen, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: I'm so excited to have you here. I think our listeners are in for a treat, and they think it's going to be an episode that they have no idea what is coming their way. To get us started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got on to the journey of all this leaky gut stuff that you got into? (laughs)
0: Sure, Um, so I am certified as both a holistic health coach and a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. Basically what that means is I help women who have complex health issues from digestion to hormones to thyroid and everything in between figure out what's at the root of their health challenges and help them come up with a really customized plan to naturally help to bring their bodies back into balance. So it's a really awesome deep work and something that I got into because of my own personal health journey. Um, I have a chronic digestive health condition called ulcerative colitis, which is an autoimmune disease. And back in my very early 20s, I was diagnosed with this and was kind of given the prognosis of either take medicine or get some pretty serious surgery. And it was at that point when I just realized that wasn't the right path for me. I wasn't feeling well. And I went on my own natural health journey. I started working with health coaches and functional practitioners. And within weeks of doing that work, my body felt so much better. And after seeing that and experiencing that, I felt so compelled to help other women in my shoes get that level of healing and get those answers. So I became certified to do exactly that. And in the process, I found through some of my own testing that my hormones were also extremely depleted. My adrenals were tanked. My hormones were in premenopausal range in my very early 20s. So that really motivated me to kind of learn about my hormones too and, and optimize that. So now I help women all the time work on their digestion and their hormones and figuring out natural ways to get on top of them without feeling like they have to go the medicine route or taking some serious surgery or doing something else that just doesn't sit well with them.
1: That is so amazing. I love it. So naturally, listeners, I think by that alone, you understand why Kristen is here today. So I want to dive right into hormones because I think that's what sparked my brain first when you when you first gave us the spill. But we talk a lot about hormones on this show, obviously. I mean, but generally in terms of pregnancy and birth and postpartum healing, I think what a lot of people don't think about is, your hormones in your everyday functioning. So if you're not, I think a lot of people think of hormones probably in terms of female. So first, if you are a male, um, I think people don't think about your hormones. But if you're not necessarily like on your period or pregnant or just had a baby or breastfeeding, I don't think people think about their hormones as this everyday influence. So what are some common things that people should just kind of understand and know about your hormones because like you're a human and you should just know these things about yourself?
0: (laughs) Yeah, lots of things. Um, I mean, as you said, like hormones are always dictating what's going on in our lives, no matter if you're pregnant or breastfeeding or postpartum, like no matter what it is, our hormones are still there. They don't just show up out of the blue when it's time to, to reproduce. So one of the main things that I like to explain to people is that you basically have four different phases of, of your menstrual cycle if, if you are a woman and you're menstruating. Um, and even if you're not, you still are going through, you know, different ebbs and flows throughout the month. Um, and your hormone levels are actually changing throughout all of those four phases. So sometimes estrogen and progesterone, which are two main hormones, those will increase other times um, they will go back down and they'll be really low and those can um, those fluctuations in and of themselves can really kind of alter your mood your energy, your sleep your cravings um, PMS symptoms can be a result of fluctuating hormone levels. So, a lot of different things can be going on. And once I kind of explain that to my clients, they're like, oh, that explains why the third week of every month I feel like, you know, I just hate the world. Everything frustrates me. I'm so irritable. Or, oh, that explains why I have so much energy on this week of, of the month. So, once you kind of start to understand how your hormones are fluctuating like that, that really helps you understand what's going on with your body and that your hormones really are there all the time. Um, as I mentioned just a second ago about PMS, so PMS is something that pretty much every woman has experienced at some point. Most people put up with it every single month. Uh, it is not normal to have PMS, to have um, you know severe anger or irritability or extremely bad cramps or you know whatever sort of shows up for you. It's actually not normal. It's actually a sign that something inside with your hormones is imbalanced um generally speaking when your hormones are perfectly balanced you should have a pretty easy period you shouldn't be extremely heavy or extremely painful they shouldn't alter your mood to the point where you feel like you're a different person um, so that's kind of the number one sign if you're getting you know a lot of pms then that's you know definitely a sign you need to kind of dig into your hormones some more um, and kind of at the background of all of this stuff, which dictates you know, how your hormones present themselves in different phases of your cycle and if and when you get PMS, that can be dictated by things like how uh, your digestive health is or how well your thyroid is functioning or how great of a diet you have or a big one is how much stress you have and you carry around with yourself. Those things all have very direct impacts on your hormones. And I think a lot of times we don't really realize how much those can influence our hormone health.
1: That is all so mind-blowing. I have so many notes already from Mm -hmm. just that. That's so crazy. I always forget that sleep is something that can really be disrupted by your hormones. And obviously I work in the birth world, so I know that it can disrupt them in pregnancy and postpartum, but I fall to the same, I succumb to the same thing that everyone else does. I forget that just in general, your sleep can be really disrupted. um, Yeah. With your hormones, that's really insane. So what kind of things do we um, do to disrupt this hormone system without even realizing it?
0: Yeah, so kind of diving into what I touched on just a moment ago. um, I mean, definitely eating uh, some foods that your hormones don't exactly love. um, I consider them anti-inflammatory foods. Those are foods that basically cause a negative reaction in the body, most often in the digestive tract, but it definitely impacts the hormones. So things like gluten, which is a topic that most of you have probably heard of at this point, it's generally considered a pretty... Inflammatory food, our bodies um, are, have a really hard time breaking down the gluten proteins. Um, so, those can be really inflammatory and can mess up the hormones. Um, refined sugar, so like white sugars and any other like artificial sugars, can definitely throw our hormones out of whack. It can throw our blood sugar levels out of whack. It can mess up your sleep, all that stuff. Those are all very interrelated topics. Um, caffeine absolutely can. Caffeine specifically impacts your um, your adrenal hormones, so like your cortisol and your DHEA, which essentially give you energy and that um, like adrenaline response to stress and to everyday activities. And when your adrenal hormones are stressed and they're given additional stimulation via caffeine, uh, that can send a downstream signal to your sex hormones like estrogen, testosterone, progesterone, um, that, you know, hey, we're kind of dealing with a stressor here, even if it is just caffeine. And if your body can't handle that, it's telling your hormones, you know, hey, we're dealing with a stressor. So no need to really focus on reproduction and developing great levels of estrogen and progesterone, for example, we need to be dealing with a stressor. So caffeine can literally offset that entire process, especially if you're having a ton of it. Um, So one key thing is like if you drink caffeine and you feel extremely jittery or like you just can't focus or, you know, just something that doesn't feel good in your body, that probably also not feeling good to your sex hormones so probably a sign that you should not be having those. Um, Alcohol can also kind of have a a similar but different effect on them too. Um, It's definitely not great on the adrenals and that also can send a downstream, you know, negative signal to our sex hormones. So alcohol isn't fantastic and especially considering that a lot of alcohol has, um, you know, gluten in it. If it's beer, for example, or refined sugars or other like chemical additives, if it's just like a very mainstream, like cheap type of alcohol that you're drinking, like a very cheap bottle of wine or a cheap beer. Or something like that ingredients in those aren't fantastic and your hormones do not love those um so those are kind of the main like food offenders for hormones typically um soy as well actually it can be um it can sort of act negatively on your estrogen um which is not fantastic especially if you already have high levels of estrogen um and then lastly stress like i mentioned before stress has a huge huge impact kind of going back to the theme i was mentioning around caffeine so if you're getting chronic stress from, say, work or at home or whatever is sort of going on for you in your life, if you're having chronic stress show up in your life, that is kind of stressing out your adrenal hormones that I mentioned before, like the cortisol and DHEA. And that is then telling your body, we need to just be focusing on the stressor, even if it is just work or just, you know, something at home. And that's literally shunting the hormone production process, telling your reproductive Um, organs, you know, we don't need to be focused on reproduction right now, because there is a stressor here that we need to be focused on. So when you think about like, you know, back in the Paleolithic age with our ancestors, you know, when they were getting chased by a saber-toothed tiger, for example, their, you know, their resources were going to their heart and their lungs to be able to, you know, run from it and to save their lives. Energy was not going to their reproductive hormones at that time. Our bodies are still very simple in that way, in that even if just getting chronic stress from just hating your job, for example, our bodies can decipher that the exact same way as running from a saber toothed tiger. So, the exact same process happens. So, stress has a very huge impact on our hormones.
1: That is so wild. I am just thinking about past jobs that I have held that were exactly like that. And I can relate 100%. Like that resonates so deeply, deep down in my core. Yeah. That is really insane. So what about a few common problems that may present as something else, but really could be hormonally based? And mm-hmm. for everyone out there, here's the silly little thing about we're not doctors. We're definitely not your doctors. So don't be Taking this information out of context and being all crazy with it. But what are some things that you see that people come to you and say, Oh my gosh, I thought I had this, and turns out it was my hormones being wonky?
0: Mm -hmm. One of the biggest ones I see is acne come up. So, like cystic acne in adults. I mean, obviously, you know, in teenage years, we expect to have acne, but once you become an adult, if you're still getting acne, that's usually not normal. Um, And a lot of times it can be related to your hormones. Specifically your body's inability inability to detox your hormones from your body. What I mean by that is As just like any other cell in your body your hormone cells are working to um, Sort of rejuvenate themselves create new cells recycle and remove old cells So if there's you know an old estrogen cell for example that your body has already used There's no longer a use for it in your body and it's your liver's responsibility to detox it. But if your liver isn't functioning fantastic, which a lot of us today, it isn't because of you know how much toxic burden we're carrying around with us, um, our body has a harder time flushing out those toxins. Uh, so what happens is we have excess estrogen or testosterone or whatever it is uh, sort of recirculating in our bodies, and our face is actually a main place where our bodies detox stuff. So, if any of you listeners have maybe gone through some type of um, liver detox uh, program, you might have noticed that your face started to, to break out some more um, because that is where a lot of the toxins start to kind of rid themselves in our bodies. So if you're getting acne on your anywhere on your face or like your neck or your chin area, um, that could be a sign that your hormones are actually having a hard time detoxing. And that also tells you that your liver probably needs a little bit of love. Um, our liver has a lot to do with our hormones because of that whole process. So kind of gives you some indicators in terms of your liver health and and how your hormones are then sort of Corresponding with that so it gives you a lot of you know pointers for what to work on there um cravings can be another one uh, specifically because our blood sugar levels actually directly impact our hormone levels um it's a whole nother topic that i could spend a whole nother podcast talking about but essentially if your blood sugar levels are kind of a roller coaster ride all day or they spike like crazy that actually directly impacts your cortisol for example one of your adrenal hormones which, as i mentioned earlier has a dra- downstream effect on your sex hormones so if that's constantly fluctuating. That's not sending a great signal to your to your cortisol, for example, and then it's not sending a great signal to your sex hormones. Um, so if your you know blood sugars are going like crazy all day and you're just constantly craving like carbs or sugary treats or whatever it is, maybe even waking up during the night and craving some foods that could certainly be a hormone issue, um, potentially caused by blood sugar imbalance, or it could be a hormone issue that's then causing a blood sugar imbalance. Um, so I hope I'm explaining that at a pretty high level there. It's like I said, it's a very deep topic that we could spend a whole nother hour talking about, but cravings can definitely be related to that. And then of course, there are um, actual hunger hormones, um, specifically in the digestive tract. So if your digestion is out of whack or anything else with your hormones is kind of going on, that could kind of tilt the scale with your hunger hormones and be causing you to maybe feel more hungry or feel hungry at strange hours or not feel satiated even after you have a full meal. Uh, So that can definitely be another indicator that there's something to look into there. Um, I found that, you know, i I would have like weird nighttime cravings and I would even have to like wake up during the night to, to eat something. And I found that it was a blood sugar imbalance and I had my hormones, um, my hormone levels just totally out of whack. And once I addressed my blood sugar levels and my hormones, those cravings have gone away and I don't wake up during the night and feel the need to eat. And I ex- experience that a lot with my clients too. Um, and then that kind of, of goes into the the sleep stuff too. I mean, that stuff can impact your sleep. Um, there's a hormone called melatonin, um, which you may have heard of from like a supplementation perspective. Uh, melatonin can, can also be out of whack. Um, so that can also, you know, cause some sleep issues too.
1: Wow. This is all so fascinating. See listeners, your hormones play such a huge role in so many things. That we do. Wow, wow, wow. So Kristen, can we circle back to adrenal fatigue? Can you define that and also give us a picture of what we might be looking for if we or someone we know we think might be having adrenal fatigue? What does that look like?
0: Yes. Uh, Okay. So so adrenal fatigue is... um, Actually in the last year or two, we've determined in sort of the functional world that the, dream adrenal, the term adrenal fatigue is actually inaccurate because it's not necessarily just your adrenals that are fatigued. Um, so now we call it HPA axis dysfunction. HPA stands for a hypothalamus, pituitary, and adrenal. That's a whole axis of, um, of processes in, in the brain and in your body that produce your adrenal and your sex hormones. Um, and so basically what's happening is there's either an imbalance in the brain, like from your hypothalamus or your pituitary glands, or it could be in your adrenal glands um, that could be causing your body to maybe be exhausting your cortisol levels too quickly um, or, I don't know, causing, like there's so many different sort of patterns of, of HPA axis dysfunction. Um, but essentially when you are in that fatigued spot, if you run... Um, an adrenal test um, one I run is called the Dutch test the it's, it stands for the dried urine test for comprehensive hormones it looks at what's called your circadian rhythm or basically what your cortisol levels are doing throughout the day so in a, in an ideal pattern once you wake up your cortisol should raise pretty quickly and then as the morning goes on it should increase a little bit more as the afternoon goes on it should dip and then as nighttime goes on it should dip a little bit more um, when I run a Dutch test on somebody and they have adrenal fatigue. In the morning time, it spikes a little bit. As the morning goes on, it goes up just a tiny bit more. Afternoon, it completely tanks. Nighttime pretty much stays baseline, very, very tanked. There's not much cortisol going on there at all. What that feels like is you wake up and you have to drag yourself out of bed. You're thinking of any excuse you could ever imagine to skip out on what you have to do for the day because you are so fatigued, because you don't have enough cortisol to sustain you. As the afternoon goes on, no matter what you eat, you still feel extremely tired. You would love to take a nap. You want to call out of work. You want to do whatever it takes to sort of just rest your body. Um, But then sometimes at night, your body tries to like give an extra little push to like try to get through the rest of the day. And sometimes you feel wired slash tired feeling when your body's trying to compensate for this lack of cortisol and it's trying to do something for you, but it happens to be at the wrong time of day when you actually should be sleeping. So then that disrupts your sleep. And then the next day you wake up and you feel tired again. And it's just a very cyclical process. Um, So obviously for everyone, it shows up a little bit differently, but that's a very common pattern. So especially if you do test your adrenal hormones, that is something that you could actually see mapped out to understand at what phase your HPA axis dysfunction or adrenal fatigue is at. And based on that, we can actually determine, is is it actually your adrenals that are fatigued? Or is it an imbalance in your hypothalamus or pituitary glands up in the brain? And if so, what is causing that? Um, which can oftentimes be, you know, stress or diet. So it allows us to understand, you know, where that um, where that imbalance and where the fatigue is actually originating from. That
1: is all so cool. And you have a program for this, right?
0: I work one on one with clients on um, on a lot of of hormone health stuff. Um, so yeah, most often. Even if I'm working with people just on digestion, we are also running a hormone panel because a lot of our hormones directly impact our digestion and vice versa. So one can't be healthy without the other. So I very often am running this and especially if someone has severe gut dysfunction, chances are the hormones are also out of whack and chances are their circadian rhythm is also very out of whack too. So yeah, it's something that I uh, work on pretty regularly with women.
1: Absolutely. So listeners, if you're out there thinking, Ooh, this could be me, stay tuned because <laughs> we are going to talk about how you can get connected to Kristen, but it'll also be in the show notes as always. What are your favorite ways to detox if there are listeners out there thinking, okay, now's the time to get healthy?
0: Lots of different things. Um, and there's a lot of food-based uh options for how you can detox your body and and like I mentioned earlier. Specifically detoxing your hormones. So this is directly going towards assisting your liver Kind of clearing your liver out so that it can process toxins from your food environment and also your hormones Um, One of the top things I recommend to people is first thing in the morning is to drink uh, lemon water So take some fresh Lemon, put it in a glass of water. I'm actually drinking one right now. Um, what that does is it helps to, lemon water is very detoxing, so it helps to kind of, especially in the morning time, kind of clear out toxins from your body. So overnight, we actually go through our biggest detox process of the day. So when you wake up, you're actually pretty toxic because your body has kind of worked to remove all that stuff. But if your liver is already congested, um, it can be hard for your liver to actually eliminate those toxins from the body and they could end up recirculating. So when you drink lemon water in the morning, it actually helps to clear out those pathways. So that is a hugely important thing to do. Um, And especially if your digestion is out of whack and maybe you experience some acid reflux as well, lemon water can also help with that with balancing the acidity levels in your digestive tract. So that can be really good. And I know a lot of women, once they get pregnant, they start to experience acid reflux as well. So that could be a really good thing to work into your daily routine. And then if you love the taste of lemon water, you would just continue to have it throughout the day. There's no harm in, in having more lemon water. It's a really fantastic uh, drink to have. You could have it before every meal and then in the morning, you know, however much you want to have it, but that's a really good one. Um, second piece of advice would be to eat more dark leafy greens. So things like kale, spinach, collard greens, uh, chard, things like that, even like radish greens or uh, dandelion greens. Those things are really, really um, nutritious for the liver and they help to clear out the liver. They help to provide nutrients for the liver and then, of course, the rest of your body. Uh, So, you know, blending in some dark leafy greens to your morning smoothie, or instead of having, you know, romaine lettuce in your lunch salads, adding in dark leafy greens instead. And then for dinner time, maybe doing like a kale salad or sauteing some, you know, chard or something like that to bring in those leafy greens with every single meal is really, really important. Um, Another good ingredient is um, flax. So specifically ground flax seeds because um, whole flax seeds are actually very hard for our systems to digest. So grinding the flax seeds can be really good. You can add that into a smoothie. Uh, You could just mix it with like some some hot water and make sort of a, like the taste of like earthy foods. You could do that. Um, the only precaution I will say though, about consuming flax is make sure that you, um, have tested your, your sex hormones and that, you know, that you don't have low testosterone because the only downside of flax is that it can actually bind up testosterone. So if you already have low levels of testosterone, increasing your flax intake is only going to bind it up more and make it less available, which is not a good thing. So it's, again, it's always a good idea before embarking on any type of, you know, sort of Uh, change to your diet or your routines is to do this testing to make sure that you know what your levels are before you do certain things like this. Um, So that's the only disclaimer about flax. Otherwise, it's fantastic. Um, And the last thing I'll mention is um, it's a blue-green algae called spirulina. Um, it's a pretty tasteless, uh, like powder that you can you can get on Amazon. They sell it at Whole Foods. You know, if you use Thrive Market or Vitacost, which are two awesome uh, online-based health stores, you can get spirulina. This is really detoxing as well for the body. Uh, you could add it to your lemon water in the morning. You could add it to your smoothies. Uh, There's even um, like recipes where you can make like little protein bars with spirulina. So lots of ways to make it. And again, it's pretty tasteless. So between lemon water, dark leafy greens, flax without uh, you know, having low testosterone levels and also spirulina are really awesome uh, detox tools to start with.
1: That is all so fascinating. So where do you get this um, sex hormone test that you keep referring to? Is that something your general practitioner can do?
0: Unfortunately, no. Um, this is a test that functional practitioners like myself run. Um, it's a test that's about 20 years ahead of its time in terms of conventional medicine. So people can order it through me. Um, I think they can order directly through um, through the, the lab, precisionanalytics.com, um, or precisionanalytical.com. Um, however, it's about $100 more expensive, so ordering it through a practitioner like myself saves you $100. And also, you don't get an interpretation of the lab results when you order it yourself. And I'll tell you that it took me about 40 to 60 hours to study, uh, interpreting the results and putting together recommendations based on the results. So if you don't know anything about, you know, hormones or what to do based on the results, you're probably just going to waste your money and spend an extra $100 if you do it by yourself. So working with a functional practitioner like myself, sometimes functional doctors can run them, um, but that's typically who you order these through.
1: Amazing. And what about people who don't love lemon water? So that's me. I fall into that category. Is there anything we can substitute or do I just need to, to kind of buck up and get it and drink a glass of lemon water a day?
0: There's a couple other things you could do. Um, if you, I mean, if you don't like the taste of lemon, I don't know if you'd like the taste of apple cider vinegar, but that's another detoxing, um, uh, drink that you could, you could just put like a teaspoon to a tablespoon of that into a glass of water Or there is um, a tea called dandelion root tea uh, that is really good for the liver as well. So if you'd rather a tea versus lemon water or anything else that I mentioned, dandelion root tea is really great for liver detox.
1: Amazing. I love it. Options, options, options. (laughs) Our end goal here. So cool. So what about um, all the listeners out there who are thinking, yeah, right, I eat all those things that she was talking about and I feel fine. All the gluten, the refined sugars, the caffeine, and I feel Totally fine. What do you say to those people? Because I know they're <laughs> out there. I totally can hear it now.
0: Yes, they are. So a couple of things. Um, so one thing I like to point out is that symptoms like feeling stomach pain or getting a headache or acne or whatever you know you sort of consider a symptom, those are actually the very last thing to show up in the process of disease or illness in the body. Oftentimes when symptoms come about, Issues could be brewing in the body for days, weeks, months, or even years before. So I never wait for a symptom to show up before working on something both with myself and with my clients. It's all about being proactive because by the time a symptom has shown up, it's going to be that much harder to work on it. Now, of course, if you already feel like you have some symptoms in your body, it's not to say you can't fix them. You absolutely can. It's just going to take a little bit longer. So the more you can be proactive about this stuff and looking into it earlier, then then when your symptoms kind of get to be almost unbearable is a really smart move. Um, So even if, you know, you eat pizza and bread and croissants and whatever is like loaded with gluten and refined sugar and stuff all the time and you feel fantastic, um, two things. I mean, number one, recognize that there might be something kind of underlying brewing in your body. Number two, a lot of us these days just don't really know how to be in tune with our bodies to understand the little signals that they are already sending us. Maybe you just get a slight stomach stomach twinge when you eat gluten, but you just kind of pass it off as, oh, that's just how my digestion is. Or you start to, you know, when you eat a piece of pizza for lunch and you get super tired in the afternoon, you're like, oh, it's just because I'm getting older. I just get tired more now. Um, things like that actually aren't normal. Um, you can live an extremely long age extremely long without feeling that way if you're eating the right things. so never just discount it as you know I'm getting older or this is just how my body operates or this or that. You can always optimize these things so I always encourage people to just start to listen to their bodies some more especially around when you're eating foods so that you can understand, oh, this is actually happening more than I realized. I thought I just got a occasional stomach twinge, but it's actually happening every single time. Or I'm waking up in the middle of the nights with like a burning sensation in my my chest and I didn't used to have that. And it only started when I started eating dairy, for example. So starting to listen to those signals can help you get closer with your body and start to understand the relationship your body has with food. Um, So it's always best to, to kind of, tap into those signals your body's sending you, and just across the board being you know really proactive about this stuff, making changes before your body tells you you need to make those changes is always smart. It's going to be a lot quicker for you to, to work on things and to rebalance your body when you're not in that highly symptomatic state.
1: I love the proactive outlook. I know, you um, know, healthcare can be somewhat of a political divide, but I think everyone can probably agree that the more proactive you are, the better, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really appreciate that. So let's slide completely into leaky gut. What do our villagers need to know as we head into this portion of the conversation?
0: So I think the most important thing is to understand what leaky gut is. Um, It's a topic that's getting a lot more coverage in like mainstream media and and all that now, and maybe you've seen people talk about it on social media. So I'd like to explain just what actually happens with the leaky gut and what kind of contributes to it. So if you consider like what a, a brick wall looks like, for example, you have all the bricks nicely lined up against each other and you have the mortar that's holding them together. Consider that the cells in your digestive tract. They should be nicely aligned, they should be intact, and they should have tight bonds between them, which is the mortar. When we have toxins that get into the body, whether it's uh, harmful medications, or foods that don't agree with us, like gluten or sugar, or soy or dairy, for example, uh, or even stress, or breathing in toxic chemicals from our environment, Any of those things can actually start to chip away at the bricks and the mortar and when the those insults happen to the body long enough that mortar actually starts to to completely dissolve and we start to have these gaps where you can actually see in between those bricks or your your cells in your digestive tract and what happens then is when you start to consume foods earlier on in your digestive tract if that damage has been done larger food particles that haven't been fully digested into their super small particles that our body's used to using for nutrients can actually get through those gaps and into your bloodstream and other areas of your body that they shouldn't be. Uh, when they enter your bloodstream, for example, your immune cells, a lot of them are located in your bloodstream, say, hey, there's this big particle here. It might be even the healthiest food. It could be kale, for example. But if there's a larger piece of kale, That happens to get into your bloodstream or anywhere else in your body your immune system is going to tag it as a toxin or an invader just like it would a virus or a bacteria and say this doesn't belong we don't recognize this so we're going to launch an immune response on it and that can cause what's called food sensitivities because your body tags it as something it doesn't recognize so that's why oftentimes people can say you know I'm eating a super healthy diet but I don't feel great Uh, it's oftentimes the first thing that comes to my mind when they say that is they probably have leaky gut because they're eating super healthy and they still don't feel well. So that's typically what's going on when we talk about leaky gut and it's not like you have these huge gaping holes in your digestive tract. They're super small little gaps, uh, but your food particles can still filter through those, which is not a good thing. Um, so food and stress and environmental toxins are very much contributors to that whole process.
1: That is all really insane and somewhat terrifying. As you were talking, I was picturing like this huge (laughs) lump of kale from my (laughs) stomach down my leg. No, I get that they're, they're super micro, but wow, that's, it's fascinating about our bodies, but equally as terrifying if we don't kind of take care of it or, you know, necessarily know what to do to do about it. So what can we do to support leaky gut um, or vice versa? What makes it worse? What should we avoid?
0: hmm I think first and foremost is understanding if you actually do have leaky gut. So I think one of the sort of downsides of, of the uh, sort of coverage of things like leaky gut in the media today is that we all just assume that we have those things and we go all in on addressing it when sometimes we don't actually have them. Um, there could be a totally different reason why your digestion doesn't feel fantastic or why you're not agreeing with foods and it might not be leaky gut. Uh, so there's a test that you can actually run. Some doctors run it, I also run all the time um, in a stool test that I run, it's it's looking for a marker called zonulin, um, which is looking for intestinal permeability um, or those sort of breakdowns in, in the mortar between your bricks or your, your uh, intestinal cells, and that can actually confirm you know if if you have leaky gut and how intense it is because we actually measure the levels of zonulin and the higher it is, the more leaky gut you have. So I've run these tests multiple times on people who were so convinced that they had leaky gut. And zonulin came back really low and completely in range, and they didn't actually have leaky gut, and we found it was something completely different causing their issues. So I never want people to walk away and say, well, it sounds like leaky gut is what I have, so I should just go ahead and address that. So I always am an advocate of the phrase test, don't guess, because you could waste your time and your money buying supplements and doing things and And spending time worrying about things that might not even be applicable to you so always you know test that first so um, whether it's through me or somebody else try to test for your zonulin levels to see if that's something that's even applicable to you first then from there if you do have leaky gut there are several things that you can do and of course the sort of number of things that you do and the intensity at which you do them would depend on how much zonulin you have or how much leaky gut you have uh, one of the biggest things that i recommend to people is start to supplement with collagen powder or collagen peptides um, this is not something to have if you are vegan or vegetarian though it's a bovine based product um, but Collagen is basically a building block of, you might have even heard about collagen from like skincare products. A lot of lotions these days have collagen in them because it helps to rebuild um, and and nourish our skin. Same exact thing happens when we consume it internally. It comes in a powder form, sometimes in pills, depending on how you want to consume it. Um, But it actually goes inside your digestive tract and just like it would your skin, it helps to to repair uh, those cells that could have been damaged by toxins or foods or stress or medication. So that is something that can easily be added to like a glass of juice or uh, to tea or to a smoothie or anything like that. There's even, you can make like collagen gummy bears and things like that. You can get kind of creative with it. A uh, collagen is a really great ingredient to use. Um, licorice root tea could be another good one. It, it can really help to kind of soothe and, and heal the digestive tract as can aloe juice, um, which is something that you can drink in the morning, just not any aloe juice that is highly processed or has sugar in it. Like a lot of the ones in the stores, make sure it's organic and pure. Um, I know whole foods has a good brand called liquid organics. Um, but those are some kind of ones to start with. And then from there, there's some more specific supplements, but I'm not going to go into them just because that really depends on what else is going on with somebody. So I'm very cautious about what supplements. I talk about publicly because I know we're kind of in the supplement economy these days. Uh, so it's, it's really important to kind of understand where you are in terms of leaky gut. But those are some initial things that um, that can be done for it.
1: I love it. I love that you mentioned, um, you know, kind of making sure that you have something before you go off and try and fix it, haul off. like, you know, all feet in, like completely in before you go and try and fix something. I don't think that your health is any place to really be shooting in the dark because not only could you be wasting or would you be wasting time and money, but you might be causing further damage to your body or worse, like causing entirely different problems or more problems, right? So Mm -hmm. I totally love your, um, your test before you, what
0: was it? Test before you- Test yeah, up. test before for you guys. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and I, I say that having done that myself. I mean, I, I was trying to estimate the other day how much money I think I wasted early on in my health journey by just guessing what was going on with me, and it's in the thousands, I think, of money that I wasted on the wrong foods, the wrong supplements – the wrong, anything that I was trying to do because I was kind of flailing around, assuming that I had everything, trying to work on everything all at once. I was exhausting myself. I was spending and wasting way too much money on it. And then once I started to do the testing and actually understand if I had these things and if so, how severe or not, that helped me really fine tune my approach of what I did.
1: That is incredible. I bet there are so many people out there who are thinking I've also wasted thousands and thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. I want to circle back to the aloe juice. Um, Aloe juice, actually, aloe vera juice should not be taken during pregnancy. It is not safe um, in expectant parents. So for our listeners out there who are pregnant, please just know that about aloe vera juice. Mm -hmm. So. In terms of leaky gut, other than like food sensitivities, weird food sensitivities, or ones that just popped up, how else would you know if you had leaky gut?
0: Yeah, I mean, it could also just present itself in terms of, if you get bloating often, um, you might not notice you have a food sensitivity, for example, but it could be that like when you eat foods, your stomach's just kind of blowing up because something is is passing through those um, those gaps in in your intestinal cells, which is causing an inflammatory response in the body. Um, so bloating's typically the biggest thing. It could also be just like stomach cramps, um, and probably also like I mean I wouldn't not say that like acne or um, like nutrient deficiencies or um, you know even just like dry skin or anything else that would kind of indicate that your body's depleted of nutrients because if the nutrients from your food are not all going in your diet through your entire digestive tract as they should you're not getting the nutrients in your body that you need and so that can cause you know less nutrients needed to uh to moisturize your skin or to give you energy throughout the day it could even be just that you feel lack of energy. A um, whole bunch of things can be going on because it is such a widespread problem. And that's what I love about being a functional nutrition practitioner is we look at the whole body the whole time. So sometimes when I'm talking about things and I'm mentioning things that might seem very unrelated, they're actually extremely extremely related when we look at the body in a complete way and we understand that every, every system is related to the other one. So it's a really unique and different way of looking at the body so that we can understand um, at a much more refined level what could be going on. So leaky gut can really present itself in many different ways. And any any health condition can also present itself in different ways for different people, depending on what's going on with your unique metabolism and lifestyle and all of that stuff. So for one person it might be leaky gut shows up as bloating, the other one it could just be. Lack of energy or dry skin, um, so it really can go, you know, a number of different ways.
1: Yeah, we talk about that a lot on this show. Is that everyone's body is different, so your expectations for your body should be different. Kind of what things look like and how your body receives different things should all be different. Try not to compare yourself to your neighbor. It's hard. Yeah. I get it. It's super hard, but you can do it. I believe it. How? Um, what about some some natural ways to improve digestion? Um, so if I don't know, if people were having digestive issues, what are your kind of go-tos?
0: Yeah. Um, I think touching on a lot of things that, that we already covered, so I'll kind of recap the ones that are most applicable. So first and foremost, just kind of listening to your body to what foods are and aren't working for you and trying to make smart, proactive choices. So trying to be hundred percent gluten-free, even if you feel like you tolerate gluten really well, um, especially if you're looking to get pregnant and this applies to men too. Gluten can severely impact fertility. It can actually um, reduce sperm count in some men. Um, so reducing or removing gluten can be a really good move. Uh, refined sugar um, is not great for digestion either. It can actually feed pathogens. Like if you have a parasite or a bacteria, which not to gross people out, but over 50% of the U.S. population does have these. I have had two parasites and multiple bacteria. So it's something that's very common. All of my clients have it. Um, so sugar can, can be food for those, which is not great. You don't want to be feeding those pathogens in your body. Um, and generally just adopting a, you know, nice anti-inflammatory diet, um, that is full of whole foods. So dark leafy greens and lemons and fruits and other veggies and, you know, whole grains like quinoa or brown rice, uh, you know, good carbs like squash or uh sweet potatoes so nice clean whole foods organic if you can is really really awesome for your digestion i've seen people who have just made those changes to their diet and they feel a world of difference in terms of how they feel on a daily basis i experienced that firsthand within 2 weeks of making those changes to my diet my bloating stopped my pain that i feel every single day stopped energy improved, sleep improved just by making some key changes to my diet. So that's always a place I recommend starting. Um, Trying to get more sleep. Sleep is when our bodies rest and repair themselves. So if you're only getting, you know, five or six hours of sleep or whatever doesn't feel optimal to you, you're giving yourself much less time to repair your body. So trying to go to bed by 10 p.m. and getting a good, you know, eight hours or so of sleep if you can is is key. Um, If you're getting, you know, far less than that right now, just trying to slowly increase by maybe a half hour every week or two uh, so that ultimately you're you're getting up to those eight hours. It can certainly be a process, but more sleep is always key for the healing process no matter what you're going through. Um, And then definitely addressing stress. I mean, Stress has such a huge impact on our digestion. You know, sometimes we feel like, you know, if we get nervous or upset, we get like those butterflies in our stomach. That's your digestion not being very happy. Um, there's actually a nerve in our bodies called the vagus nerve, which goes from about, about right above your abdomen level to your brain that sends signals in bidirectionally. So if, if something's going on in your gut, if you're, you know, eating foods that you're sensitive to or you have an infection, for example, that sends a signal the brain saying, hey, things aren't so great here. We don't feel so good. That can relate into things like anxiety or depression or other mood disorders. Um, Vice versa, if something's going on in the brain, like uh, severe stress from work or life, that sends a signal down to the gut that says, hey, things aren't so great up here. And then your gut says, okay, we don't feel so good down here. Your bacteria actually react to that. So that's why you can sort of feel something in your digestion when you feel nervous or anxious or upset or whatever it is. Um, it's a very direct correlation. So I'm a huge believer that you cannot fully heal your digestion without addressing the stress component. And I say that having gone through that myself, I was very stubborn about addressing my stress, which I was very susceptible to. And it's something I'm still working on today. Uh, but I, you know, was trying to just supplement my my way out of it, you know, just use diet and stuff like that while not addressing the stress. And my digestion issues continued. Once I finally addressed the root of the stress and released a bunch of it, my digestion felt so much better. And it still feels so incredible to this day, much better than it ever did on millions of supplements and a crazy diet just because of that stress gut connection. So never underestimate the power of working on on the stress.
1: Isn't that wild the effect of stress on our bodies it makes so much sense why um, you know some people when they're really stressed out they get constipated and they mm-hmm. can't eat, or some people have diarrhea and they can't stop pooping you know like mm-hmm. it's worse you talk a lot about supplements how do we know um, my only question about supplements is how do we know when we're getting good ones how do you decipher good supplements there's tons out there and it's scary and overwhelming
0: <sighs> Oh yes. So never buy one from like CVS or Walgreens or something like that, especially probiotics. Um, Those are usually just dead streams of bacteria at that point. So do not waste your money on that. Um, I I mean, working whenever I recommend supplements to my clients, it's always what's called professional therapeutic grade supplements are typically ones you can only order through a practitioner. It's because these brands have been verified to be organic, pure. They've gone through extensive testing to make sure that they don't have any Pesticides, herbicides, uh, you know, heavy metals, anything inorganic, any you know additives that shouldn't be there. Uh, so you know, that's super important. A brand that is pretty good that I think a lot of consumers can get access to is called Gaia. Um, so that's a good one. Also, another brand called Organic India, which has both uh, capsules and tea. That's another really good one. So both of those um, you know, are, are ones that I generally trust. But there's a ton of other brands that only practitioners like myself have access to. So my clients get access to those. But generally, I say when you're looking at a supplement that you're considering buying, always look at the ingredient labels. Understand, you know, is any of this organic? And if it's not, should it be? A good reference point is to look at the environmental working groups, um, Dirty Dozen and Clean 15 lists, which are updated every single year, which tell you the top foods, the fruits and veggies that should be eaten only organic because they're highly sprayed. So if any of those foods that should be eaten only organic are showing up in your supplements and they're not organic, then probably you're getting exposed to herbicides or pesticides or something else. Um, So checking for that. And then if there's any like additive ingredients that you don't recognize, any super long complex words that you don't recognize um, that are sort of listed in the other ingredients, those are probably in the capsules, like in the actual like plastic capsules. Um, probably don't need to be there anyways. So that's probably an indicator that it's not that great of a supplement. Um, and then of course, looking at the the level of, um, of how much of whatever herb or whatever else is in your supplement is there in the first place. A lot of times, uh, you know, supplement manufacturers will kind of use some nice marketing language to make it sound like there's a lot of, let's say vitamin D or probiotics in, in a supplement capsule, but it's actually not nearly as much as we need. Um, so again, working with a healthcare practitioner to understand how much you should be supplementing with, um, and making sure that supplements you're taking have enough of that or not. Otherwise, again, you're probably wasting your money.
1: Wow. So much good information. So Kristen, if people were interested in, um, you know, connecting with you or taking one of your programs or doing one-on-one work with you, how do they find you on social media personally? Where do they connect
0: with you? Sure. Um, so on social media, you can find me thrive by food. Um, I'm on Instagram um most Mostly, and I have a Facebook page and also a, um, a private uh, free Facebook group. So you can search me on Facebook, Thrive by Food. My website is thrivebyfood.com. Um, there, you can, if you're interested in working with me, on the bottom of that first page, you can actually book a free 20 minute um, intro call with me so that we can just get to know each other, see if we're the right fit to work together. I can get to learn a little bit more about what you're looking to achieve, and then we can talk about what it would be like to, to work either one on one or in a group program together. Um, also on that page. You can check out my there's a programs tab at the top of the page that goes over my one-on-one program and also my programs so you can check out those and see if any of those are a fit and again book a call if you have questions about those um, And then I have tons of free resources on there as well I have a blog that I update almost every single week with free resources for people. So I love having people check those out and um, and, yeah, that's that's where you can find me. So thank you, everyone, so much for tuning in on this awesome topic. I love talking about the connection of hormones and digestion. It's a topic that is so personal to me. It's, it's so important, and I love, you know, sharing the things that you should be thinking about with regards to this.
1: Absolutely. Thanks so much for being here. It's not every day you find someone who is so willing to talk about poop as I am. So <laughs> I appreciate having a poop partner that will talk about all the things <laughs> that everyone needs to know. We should be talking about these things from adrenal fatigue to anti-inflammatory foods to really deciphering your sleep and your cravings and your moodiness and where to get your sex hormones tested. Learning that cortisol isn't necessarily a bad thing. Today's episode was packed with so many good things. Listeners, thank you so, so much for hanging out with us today. You can check out all of the links and how to get connected to Kristen in the show notes happy 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 Tuesday listeners as always villagers find your tribe and love them hard hey villagers if you have someone in your life who could benefit from hearing this episode please take a screenshot stick it on Instagram tag us at cool hehe. Maybe we'll share you on our story. Jokes, we will share you. I will definitely share that. Thanks so much. I appreciate your support. And I know that whoever you tag will probably appreciate the information. Thank you so much. Happy Tuesday. Did you know that you can join our online tribes? Our private Facebook group can be found by searching the Tranquility Tribe podcast on Facebook. And our Instagram tribe is Tranquility by HeHe. If you have a story you wanna share with us, please reach out to us at tranquilitybyhihi at gmail.com. Until next time, villagers.